Welcome to our Industrial Advisors podcast, Bill Condon and Matt McGregor, and hey, we hey. have a very special guest today. We have Arvin Vanderveen with Collier's. Arvin's been with Collier's for a long time, been in the business for 40 plus years, and what's amazing about Arvin is every year he's in the top 10, and we'll get into this further, but Arvin does not have a specialty. He sells anything and everything all over the state, and then some, he, so- he, well, he's, yeah. he's more referred to as the junkyard dog, I would, I would say. More, yeah. More, or the goat. That, that's that's it. I call him the goat, the greatest of all time. And, For and sure. And that's, I, I think that he is. So, Arvin, welcome uh, to the podcast. Welcome. Well, thank you. Appreciate it. Nice being here. Great great to have you here, buddy. It's an honor to have you on the show. You're definitely, uh, in my career, guy I look up to. You know, if, if, if there's a Hall of Fame in, in real estate, you're going to make it in it. No question thank about you, thank it. Thank you. So to kick it off, I'm going to ask you a question, and this is, you know, you're a, you've had a lot of jobs, I know. What was the first job you ever had, and how did you get it? The first job, I was in high school back in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and I got a job at the local grocery store, stocking shelves and bagging groceries and carrying them out. That's awesome. And what was the first car you ever bought with your own money? Uh, yeah, I started out with the the frame to a 1940 Ford, and then I found a body, and I found a fender, and I found a hood and a trunk, and I bought a Chevrolet engine. <laughs> I built a I built the car when I was about 14 years old, and and uh, I had it done in time to get my driver's license, and I drove it to high school. And I've been a car nut ever since. Yes, yes, you are. Yeah. Now hold on. How many cars do you currently have? I'm down to ten. 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 <laughs> down to ten. <laughs> and what are they? Oh man, <laughs> I got a '68 Camaro, an '80 Corvette, a 2006 Cadillac XLR, a little Roadster, two other Cadillacs, an HHR, a hot rod Chev pickup, and a couple more pickups, a Yukon motorhome, etc. <laughs> Arvin, would you would you think less of me if I told you that I don't know how to drive a stick shift? <laughs> No, I wouldn't think okay. less of you. <laughs> you. You know, you know what they call those now? Anti-millennial theft device. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. I've yeah. never heard of that. I'm not a. I missed the millennial. Yes, you thing did. By like a year or two. Yeah. Or so. yeah, it's crazy how few people know how to drive a stick anymore. Yeah, my son started on a stick. So good, yeah. good. I don't know if he knows how to drive an automatic. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get rolling. Tell us. Why don't you just tell us a little bit about your background, Arvin? Where Where did you grow up and you know, tell us about those formative years. Well, I grew up in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and I graduated high school in 63, and people often say, well, where'd you go after high school? And it's easy. I went to work, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't much of a student, so further education I was of no interest to in me. And I can say I've actually done almost anything I wanted to do in life. At that point, all I wanted to do was drive race cars. And there wasn't any drag racing in South Dakota. So on my 19th birthday, I left home with a 1964 Corvette that I had ordered brand new. My dad co-signed the loan. I had a $150 car payment due in 30 days, and I left home with 100 bucks in my pocket, and I've never looked back. <laughs> that is awesome. That is awesome. And tell us about, okay, so you, you did that for a little while. And what was your work career started like? What was the early early jobs you had, and, and when did that cross over to, into a professional career? Well, when I first got here to the state of Washington, I wound up in Richland, where my sister lived. And What brought you here? My sister and her husband lived in they, Richland because okay. he was a nuclear physicist Okay, got hired out of college. And so they didn't even know I was coming. I, ringed, I rang the doorbell one day. <laughs> and, and uh, But before that, 
I pulled into Richland and I stopped at a gas station to get gas and ask directions to their house. And by the time I left, I had convinced these two guys that I was a better mechanic than I really was. Right then, I should have known I should go in sales because... <laughs> <laughs> and anyway, so I had a job before I met, got to my sister's house. And I guess I worked about a year there and then Boeing was hiring and that got me over the hill. So I bucked rivets for two paychecks and quit and went to work at Allen Green Chevrolet and Burien. I worked on Corvettes all day and race cars all night and drag raced every weekend. And when did you get married? 42 years ago, so I think I'm locked in pretty good now. You have, you have. Yeah, I mean, Arvin, when I look at your career, so you got into the commercial real estate business in 1978, is that correct? Correct, that's correct. correct. So 1978. So you have one of the more fascinating careers that I can think of when it comes to our business. You sell everything. You don't have a specialty, which is what we against what we tell but every But all new commercial person. real estate. All commercial real yeah. estate. But we always tell people specialize, specialize, specialize. You've made a career of not specializing. Tell me about how you started in the industry and then how it kind of developed into you being a jack of all trades in the commercial real estate space. Well, when I started out, I was with a small company owned by a buddy of mine in South Center. Frankenfield was his name. He's quite a character. Uh, and in those days, specialists didn't exist. And uh, what you did was whatever you had to do to make a living. And you just take any kind of lead you could get and grind it out and just keep going from there. And it, was, it wasn't too long into the career. And I'd, I'd met some fellows, brokers, that really got their hands on something they didn't know what to do with. So they referred it to me and, and I sold it and, and paid them. And every time I sold something, I learned about that product. So I, I like to say I'm not a specialist anywhere, but I'm comfortable in any market and any product. And uh, that has worked and it's con- continued to work all these years. Now I'm going to come back to this because I'm super interested because I know you worked in motivational speaking, but we're going to stay on this for a second. And I'm just going to go over the types of deals that you've done because it's pretty incredible. So I had, I had Arvin here jot out just kind of categories of deals that he's done because <laughs> as Bill said, he's the jack of all trades, junkyard dog. It's amazing. I will tell you personally, I've gone in his office so many times when I have a client or somebody calls saying, Matt, can you do this? Well, hold on walk into Arvin's <laughs> office and say, Arvin, have you ever done this type of deal? And you know, all of a sudden he's done 11 of them. So, so here's the list that, that Arvin filled out. Types of deals, shopping centers, office building, industrial buildings, apartment, self-storage, hospital, nursing homes, elk, Elks Club, golf courses, lots and lots of land of all types, and I know that, contaminated property, bank-owned properties, uh, RTC uh, contractors in the 70s, receivership properties, bankruptcy properties, estates, fire stations, vet hospitals, gas stations, substations, car dealerships, marinas, grain transfer stations, ranches, single family plats, partial completed properties, mobile home parks, RV parks, motels, schools, islands. I gotta hear about that. Uh, uh, Library, shipyard, commercial bakeries, restaurants, churches, athletic clubs, investment profit and investment properties of all kinds crazy well that you mentioned you you know you and i have certainly sent arvin deals in the past that we just don't know how to do and it's not in our wheelhouse and arvin always gets them done but arvin also gets referrals from other brokerage companies and other brokers that in the same boat as us hey we don't this isn't our specialty i know a guy that could probably do this his name's arvin they call arvin you get the referral they don't do anything. You give them a, a, a portion of the commission, and they're very happy at the end of the day. Yeah, 
I want to bounce back just a minute. When I was at Kidder Matthews, you know, we had a sales meeting every Wednesday morning, eight o'clock. Everybody's there. You got your suit pants on, a white shirt tie, and your jackets in your office. And we'd sit there, and Jerry Matthews would be at the head of the table, and he would pound on the table and say, "You better be a specialist. You better know a certain market. You better have a certain product type, or you'll be out of the business in five years." Well, that was probably twenty-six, seven years ago. I guess I'm still in the business, but. I guess my specialty is my non-specialty, <laughs> but, uh, but Chris Core is a friend of mine. He's at Kidder, and he's given me a lot of uh, referrals. One of them he called one time, and he had an attorney buddy that was selling an estate, and this lady had all kinds of product. So he referred it to me, and I think there was seven or eight different types of product, and I sold them all and sent him seven or eight paychecks, whatever it was, and, and he's given me some since then. I mean, he, 15 acres on the ocean. There was a hotel in Sumner. There was a fourplex in Sumner. There was a mobile home park in Kent and some other land stuff. And, and so I just worked my way through it. It was a lot of fun and we all made money. Yeah, it's amazing. Even before you and I were close, I would say I was impressed with your business model that the majority of your work came in from your competitors that would have, just like I have, you know, something thrown in front of me that I don't know what to do with. What do you do with it? You call the junkyard dog, Billy. That's exactly and, what you do. And, you know, it's amazing your your experience level and your success rate with it. I remember one of the first deals I did with you, I, I spun you the, this deal. I was on a board, and they had a piece of property in Seattle. They had gone through two brokerage firms that sat on their books for about five years. They bring it up in a board meeting. They look at me as the commercial real estate guy on the board, and they say, well, Matt, you know, can you handle this? I'm like, nope, but I know a guy who can. I give it to Arvin and like 30 days later, he had it under contract. I'm like, this is crazy. And then he did it again with the same organization. And it's just, it's impressive to me, not only your level of expertise without having a specific expertise, but the fact that all of our competition from all over the place for, you know, decades now have called you and referred these deals to you and few months later, they get a check in the mail from you that you complete the deal and, and that you're honor, honorable and, and you give them um, their share of it. Yeah, one of the most recent ones I did was up in Marysville. A Seattle broker referred me to the Marysville School District, and I listed seven pieces of land and sold them all and paid him seven times. So since then, he's given me a client that has seven different commercial buildings of six we're going to sell and that'll total up about $13 million. So he'll get a nice referral fee when we complete that. That is awesome. Okay, I'm going to back up here. So you were a motivational speaker. I want to hear this story. <laughs> How did you find this job and tell us about this job? Well, I was working in a, an engine building shop and a buddy of mine asked me to go to a meeting. And it was this Frankenfield character I talked to you about. Yep. And uh, so I went to this meeting. Well, it was a Dare to Be Great meeting, which is a motivational multi-level marketing company. And I got involved in leadership right away. I mean, I borrowed $5,000 from my folks to, to get into the deal, quit wow. my job, and uh, went off around the country selling motivational courses and doing motivational speaking. And so I became pretty well connected with Glenn Turner, who was the founder, and he had a few Learjets, and we flew all over the country speaking to crowds of three, 400 people. I remember we flew into San Francisco one time, this great big hotel, and uh, we used to run down the center aisle and jump on the stage, and we all suited up and dressed, <laughs> and people were going crazy. It was a lot of fun. It was something I wanted to do, and I did it, you know, 100% straight commission, and uh, I, never, I never looked back. That never bothered me at all. And then it, you know, like everything else, it kind of fizzled out, so then you go back to your 
normal world, that's when I went into uh, industrial sales in that we sold fasteners to the industrial market, steel fabrication shops. So tell us, okay, you've done everything. You get all these referrals. Tell us, you know, most guys, you know, at your age, not calling you old, Darwin. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're, you shouldn't be calling anybody old. Right? <laughs> that's right. Yeah. You know, you get in early, you stay late, you're, you're a top producer, not only in this company, but, you know, nationally speaking. What does the next several years look like for you? I mean, is this the model that you're just going to continue to do? Yeah, I'm too old to be retrained, so I pretty much have to keep this <laughs> up, you know. And it, and it works so so well. Yeah, it's worked really well for you. So, you know, you've done, I don't know, tens of thousands of deals in your career. Is there one or two that just stand out to you as, you know, your favorite deal or your two of your favorite deals? Well, one that was kind of fun is I got a call from a Spokane broker that knew an attorney that was a bankruptcy attorney and he was handling a big bankruptcy in Spokane. So I flew over there and met the attorney and eventually listed the properties and there was 77 acres along the river downtown Spokane. It was an old railroad yard across the river from the central business business district. And so uh, I got a buyer for $12 million and we went to court to, to get the bankruptcy court to approve the sale. And the judge asked, you know, are there any objections? Well, some guy stood up and said, yeah, I want to buy that. And so the judge was kind of cute. He said, well, like we should have ourselves an old-fashioned auction right here. So they started going and we bid the thing up to 12.8, these two buyers. And then finally the one buyer said, I'm going back to 12.5, but I'm going non-contingent, 200000 in escrow. So the judge dropped the dropped a gavel right there and we sold it for 2.5 million and today that area is condominiums apartments office buildings medical buildings it really turned out nice once they got rid of all the contamination but anyway so from that that made the news and i got a call from another attorney in spokane sometime after that that had a of course you did yeah <laughs> that uh, had a ranch and that was also another referral in Pondere County which is north of Spokane so I flew over there and I met with the attorney the seller was never I never met him he was a 102 year old doctor that assembled this all this land so it was about 2800 acres and it had uplands and it had wetlands and grazing pasture and it had forests and no buildings. And so the attorney said, well, what do you think this is worth? I said, you know, I don't have a single idea what it's worth. Why don't you get it appraised? So they did, and they called me and said, we're really down at the mouth because it only came in at $6 million. I said, well, let's just double that and go to market at $12 million. And they looked at me like I was crazy. So we did. Oh, I was going to give you the brochure. I still have one. <laughs> anyway, so I sold it to the Washington State Department of Game and Wildlife for $9.1 million, So we upped the appraisal by 50%. And uh, the deal closed all cash, and so the seller through the attorney was real happy, and the Department of Game and Wildlife was real happy. And I never met the seller, I never saw the property, and I never met the buyer. So that was kind of fun. That's that's a good one. We always say you always say, you know, my license says Washington State, so I can sell anything in Washington State that I want to. That's and correct. So, and you use it probably more than any other broker around. So that's good. Well, before we jump off, tell us what you do for fun. What's uh, I know you're a wonderful family man and you like to spend time with your family. So what, what's fun look like for you? Well, I like to get out of my shop. I got a nice shop at home there. I can uh, work on one of my cars or I'm like, I'm getting ready to 
working on Buddy's 67 Corvette that needs to be tuned up and do the carburetors and things like that. I only do that for close friends. I don't do it as a job, you know, to make any money. But Or we take the motor home. We got a nice motor home. We go on a motor home trip or go to the beach house and have some fun there. And then we like to travel too pre-COVID, you know, jump on a plane sure. and go and, and have some fun that way. So, But I do enjoy Saturdays in my shop. I'm not a golfer because it takes too long and and I'm no good. It's the second part of that. But uh, yeah, that's kind of what my life looks like. That's that's good. And I know you also occasionally like a scotch and maybe a little red wine as well. So uh, Yeah, I've, I've had both of those one or two times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I smoke a cigar in there as well occasionally? Well, occasionally in my shop, you'll see some cigar smoke rolling out the got door. <laughs> I got an old pop machine in my shop that's full of beer and water. That's kind of just pull, pulling out and pop the lid off and have a beer and my humidor is down there also love it beer and water that's you know that's all you need but uh no we've we've actually been fortunate to have a lot of celebratory drinks together and yes we appreciate you uh you jumping on with us it's again one of the more fascinating careers in the industry both matt and i know you know feel really fortunate to not only you know work in the same office as you but uh to be able to call you a friend and we're just excited to, to keep watching you crush it and appreciate you joining us today well, I appreciate. I thank you guys. I appreciate working with you guys. I know right now you and I are doing two, three deals, and that's all. That's fun, and I'm I'm even learning about this specialty stuff. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you keep doing you. It works well. So thank okay, you, Arvin. Right. I appreciate thank you. you joining. All right, thanks all right. a lot. Take thanks, care. everybody. Bye.